Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Guys, are you trying to stay in 20-year-old shape into your 30s and 40s and finding it, well, impossible? Then you need to listen to this. Beachbody, the company that revolutionized getting ripped at home with P90X and Insanity, has a brand new program just for you called Lift 4. It's part lift. It's part hit. With total body shredding results in just 30 to 40 minutes a day, right at home on the Beachbody On Demand app. That's how you get killer results as an adult. Go to Beachbody.com to sign up now and you can try Live 4 for free. That's Beachbody.com. Hello and welcome to the Proactive Caregiving Podcast. As a CPA with over 20 years as an industry accountant, Jessica stepped away from the corporate world to become a full-time caregiver for her mother. Having learned invaluable lessons along the way, she is now here to share those with you and to invite you to join her on this caregiver's journey. Here is your host, Jessica Cannon. Hello, everybody. I'm glad you're here with me today. I am the proactive caregiver, and I specialize in educating others on how to be proactive by empowering you, the caregiver. If you can't take care of yourself, then you cannot take care of your loved one. It's just that simple. Today I wanted to talk about some of the buzzwords that have been coming up lately. Things like self-care, gut health, but what those words mean to you may be entirely different than what they mean to me. But what about becoming self-aware? In order for self-care and gut health to work well in our lives. We need to be aware of our needs, understand our reactions, and be able to let go of our burdens. Hmm. There's an idea for you. Burdens. It may sound foreign, and your first thought may be, burdens, what burdens? I don't have any burdens but it might be a certain area in your life that's holding you back from becoming a better caregiver. I know I didn't recognize I had burdens of my own until I stepped into caring full-time for mom. I didn't even know what holding a burden or a grudge or being unable to let go of the past, for example. What does that even look like? Then I realized I got to a point where simple questions, I couldn't answer simple questions with straight yes or no answers. There was this part of me thinks this way and part of me thinks that way. Part of me wants to go somewhere. Part of me just doesn't want to move. Or part of me wants to eat this and part of me wants to eat that. I was aware, becoming aware that I had several parts within. It may sound like split personalities. And I think that's why I was afraid to say this early on. Because split personalities sounds like there's a mental issue, a problem with mental health. But really it's 
becoming aware of what are these parts within us? What is what gave birth to that part? Where did that event or, or moment in, in time, where did that originate to create a part of me that split or became a protective part, a controlling part, a firefighter part? This is an area I feel important to talk about just because I think many caregivers experience anxiety and stress and fear because of these internal parts. You're aware of a feeling, maybe not necessarily aware of where it comes from and how to push past it. But these parts, that anxiety, stress, and fear, are just as much a part of us as joy and happiness, silliness, and even compassion. Having awareness means acknowledging that there are many parts within us instead of denying them, giving them the attention they deserve. And once you can acknowledge them, you might be shocked to realize how deep they go into our own psyche. There might be this mysterious onion in your heart. I know that sounds weird. An onion in your gut, an onion in your core, something that has multiple layers and it, it's time to peel the layers. It's time to give way to more self-awareness. When we care for our loved ones, we need to be authentic. We need to be transparent. But getting there is the difficult part because when you're not aware of when you're authentic and when you're not, when you're transparent and when you're not, and why, then it makes it difficult for the, the transformative process to even begin. Some of us come to this caregiving role in a very mature and nurturing way and have no problems whatsoever caring for our loved ones. But not all of us. Some of us come to this role in a very apprehensive manner. Caring for the loved one in your life may be difficult. It may be someone that you are harboring some anger and resentment towards. It may be someone who abandoned you or neglected you as a child. It may be something that keeps you from wanting to connect with others by having to step into a role you're not prepared for. So this is why we want to take a look into this. We want to take a, a step into this self-awareness so that we can provide better care, come from a place of willingness, come from a place of an open heart, come from that place of compassion and understanding. So how do we even begin to start this self-awareness process? When is it possible 
to experience awareness. How do we know when it's even happening? Well, in areas that I've experienced, my awareness didn't take place until I was able to be honest with myself, and therefore honest with others to express real, true, authentic feelings. No more beating around the bush or trying to avoid uncomfortable conversations. And sometimes it was as simple as just figuring out why I had certain cravings of food even. You know, when I was in the corporate world and going through month end, quarter end, year end, and audit times, it was definitely stressful, the long hours, but those were the times that I found myself craving starchy foods. I didn't know why, I just kind of assumed, oh, month end's coming, I'm gonna have this certain kind of, not to advertise for anybody, but a certain kind of sub-style sandwich that comes to you very quickly. And I made it a point to order the sandwich with the salty chips and a very large chocolate chip cookie. These were things at that moment of time, that stressful time, I craved these starchy, salty, sweet foods that really just filled my gut and didn't make me feel content. Especially when afterwards, um, the waistline kind of expanded a little bit and I was upset with myself for eating what I knew I shouldn't be eating. So why couldn't I stop myself? Why was it so difficult to make a different choice? Because I found comfort in that type of food. That type of food is something I grew up eating and was tied to happy memories in some cases. So that's what made me feel better here, but not with my gut. So think about what you find yourself craving. What do you treat yourself when it's payday? Where do you go for that payday? Let's go out for dinner or happy hour. What are you eating at those times? What are you eating when you're stressed? What do you eat when you're sad? What is your go-to? Does it feel like that pint of ice cream is the only thing that's gonna console that broken heart? Then think about areas of what do you find yourself engaging in to avoid feeling those sad feelings or the angry feelings or simmering in your unbrokenness? We all have something or even someone that triggers that in us, that makes us want to Substitute expressing those feelings for those bad habits. And we don't even recognize that those bad habits are bad until it starts to affect us negatively. I didn't realize this comfort food was causing me such issues until I had to have my gallbladder removed. 
and then being focused on healthy foods had to be a deliberate choice. And once I started to eat healthier, I started to have more energy. I stopped feeling so fatigued and balancing stressful moments, whether it was the deadline I was trying to reach or being around a certain individual that stressed me out. It wasn't as bad. It's still there, but it wasn't as bad. So this means you have to start examining, examining yourself and turning that looking glass instead of gazing out into the world and pointing out others and even judging others and turning it around and pointing it to yourself. Take that mental mirror and put it up in front of you and see why, think, why am I reacting to this person? Why is that person making me feel uncomfortable? Why is this moment making me feel like I need to just run and hide. It's gonna be very uncomfortable. I know it was very uncomfortable for me at first because it forced me to be in a position of vulnerability. It forced me to be so incredibly honest and transparent that anything and everything I was trying to hide and make people see me as a strong individual, I had to take down a mask. I had to take down uh, a facade and just be and be happy with who I am and the skin I'm in. And finally figure out why I was avoiding certain people at work certain people at home, certain people in church even. I wanted to finally figure out why I was always so angry or judgmental or willing to run from any, just about anything and everyone that made me feel a certain way. I did it for many, many years until I started working towards a surrender process. Surrendering my burdens that I didn't realize were burdens I was carrying until I was able to be open and reflect on my life all the way back to childhood. And this is something I didn't realize working in the corporate world that certain people I reacted to, uh, whether it was a micromanaging boss that drove me nuts or just made me feel uncomfortable, why was I so quick to wanna leave and find another company? And once the honeymoon stage was over, you know, at a company for a year or two and, and sometimes even less than that, six months, and real personalities started to come out and real personalities started to clash, it's the same kind of thing that I was experiencing once I stepped away from the corporate world and starting to care for mom, that those parts of me, those inner parts of me, originated from moments that were created in, throughout my childhood and adolescence. Carried into my adult life 
professional, personal career. And that's what was causing me to react and pull away from people in such a way or stepping into the full-time caregiving role that created a lot of animosity and a lot of resentment and a lot of arguments between mom and I because there was a clash of our parts. Her parts were reacting to me just as much as my parts were reacting to her. And those are the things that feel really uncomfortable as they start to surface. And I must forewarn you, when you take the time to reflect and you actually try to become more self-aware of these feelings and where they originate, there's a possibility that all of your parts, because we do have many parts, all of those parts might pop up all at once. Because if you're finally giving them attention, then it's like a bunch of little kids going, ooh, me, 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 my turn, me first. And it can be overwhelming. And it does take practice to silence the parts and focus in on one. So allow time for that reflection. Allow time for that inward focus to dive deeper. Start peeling that onion back. But don't get confused with reflection time. It doesn't have to be quiet. It doesn't have to be in a meditative state. Because meditation, we want to quiet and calm the mind. Reflection, we want to be talking to ourselves, which sounds weird. So you may just take time to think or journal. Journal, um, a food journal, for example jotting down certain time of day, certain kind of craving. What were your emotions at the time of that craving? Start being your own personal detective to figure out why. And in some cases, you might know exactly why, but you're not ready to admit it. You're not ready to acknowledge it. So maybe that journal would help jotting it down, writing these things out, and then setting it aside. And when you're ready, go back and reread it. And maybe this will start making sense. When I'm in these kind of situations, I start craving these kind of foods, or I start having these kind of emotions. And it's because, and then you have a moment of self-awareness. You start learning why these moments create these feelings, thoughts. Maybe they're just memories. Memories that may have been blocked from childhood and are now able to surface. So as those feelings surface, you might notice certain areas of your body even. Maybe it's not tied to food. Maybe it's a certain area of your body that's reacting to an emotion, to a thought to that feeling. Pay attention to your core. This is kind of where this gut health comes in because part of it is craving the food and what you're giving your body. The other part of it is what are you feeling in your core? 
I know in some sessions that I was going through surrender process, my core, I could feel a pit, like an inward pit. Didn't understand where that came from until I really started to understand the body, physical, spiritual, and even mystical. So this, this core area, it's interesting because under Hinduism and Buddhism, this core area or the upper abdomen kind of stomach area is also considered or called the solar plexus. It's, I'm not going to go through the history of it. I'm not going to go through all of the, the many chakras. The only reason I want to mention this one particular is because this core area happens to be connected to our self-esteem, our confidence, our source of personal power. So if there are these moments that you're feeling challenged and you don't know why, and it's just uncomfortable and it's just frustrating and you just want to step away from it. You just want to avoid a person or avoid a situation. Your personal power might be in question. Your personal power might be struggling to maintain sense of confidence, a sense of control, a sense of security. So keep that in mind when you're doing your reflection and your journaling. Are you feeling a certain area in your body? Is your neck and shoulders tensing up? Is your stomach getting, starting to feel like you have a rock in your gut? Does it make you feel heavy? It's a heavy weight. This is where you want to allow that curiosity to grow. We only learn if we allow ourselves to be curious. If you're willing to be open and honest, then you have to allow the curiosity to grow. You may feel like a little bit of a rabbit hole following, you know, Alice in Wonderland, following the rabbit down a rabbit trail. But how else are you going to figure out? How else are you going to become more self-aware of what's driving your choices, what's driving your habits. Because that's the reality of all of this. What drives our habits over a lifetime is what exposes us to dementia. I know a lot of people think, I don't have to worry about it. Because dementia, it's genetic. But that's not entirely true. Dementia is also a result of our actions. It's the result of our habits, our bad habits that affect our body, that create those moments that snowballs or those moments that become that onion in our heart or in our gut that keep us from growing and becoming a better caregiver. By not regularly maintaining your self-care, you're not maintaining gut health. By not maintaining your self-care 
and gut health, you're losing opportunities to become more self-aware, basically. So if you experience far more than you're ready to deal with, I know I did. Once I became brave enough to dive into what gave birth to my many parts, it was very difficult to step through that surrender process alone. So I am so grateful that I had a wonderful, wonderful mentor to walk me through this. Part of it was beginning in therapy and the rest of it was walking through that surrender process with my mentor. You might consider having this established because the caregiving roles will change, but our parts may not necessarily change with the role. Maybe more parts will come about. So instead of stressing and having the fear and anxiety over these reactions, let's figure it out. Let's learn about what's creating these moments of fear and anxiety and stress. Let's create more joyful moments while we have our loved ones with us. One of my fears was as I stepped into caregiving, I was so very angry and resentful and not aware of those parts, my anger parts, that resentment part. My fear was that someday when mom passed and whether it was dementia related or not, that whenever mom passed, that I wouldn't be able to shed a tear at her funeral. But the more aware I became of my emotions and what was driving them, the more I was able to look into mom and her emotions and see what could possibly be driving hers. The more I saw her as an individual, not just my mom that I was caring for, the more I felt compassion for her and what she was dealing with, what she's struggling with, what she's also trying very hard to avoid and hide from. But rather than focus on a moment that hasn't even happened yet, a moment that it's in God's hands when that happens. I know that the moments I have with her now and the moments you have with your loved ones are gifts. They're gifts of time. And why not make the most of it by becoming more aware of the many factors that contribute to a good moment versus an emotionally, <laughs> a physically draining roller coaster of things that you're just trying to survive or things you're trying to avoid or things that you just don't want to feel. So I know this is supposed to be 
it is a difficult process to go to and we want to make it as simple as possible. But just expect there to be bumps along the road just as much as there are bumps along your caregiver journey. But so that you can lessen some of those, I want to share with you some areas that helped me with my self-awareness, helped me become more aware of my mind, my body, and how my soul is connected to both. So start out with a, try to create a, a place that what I call is my Zen space. Try and find a place in your life somewhere that can be your quiet meditation place. Separate the two. Have one area that is your quiet meditation and have maybe another time period or another place in itself that's the reflective period, the reflective space. I started out and that was part of my yoga routine and I'm thankfully getting back to it slowly but surely. But until I am full on into my yoga routine again, part of it has been walking for me, walking out in nature. And that has become my reflective time. That is the time that I am able to take in the fresh air and the surroundings and actually ask out loud. Of course, I make sure no one's around me on the path around my nature walks, but I ask the universe, why? Why does this person upset me so much? Why can't I let go of this situation? Why can't they let go of this situation? What can I do? What should I do? What, how, when, where? I ask the questions because I want answers. I ask the questions because I'm curious and I need to know what it is I need to be aware of. So you have a meditation place, you have a reflection place, Find a journal. I know that seems to be the, another one of those go-tos, but they work for a reason. Whether you have a gratitude journal and you have a food journal, or you have one journal with multiple tabs, it doesn't have to be paragraphs. It doesn't have to be any more than a couple of words. Date, time, type of food, emotion, area in my body that's reacting. Another thing that made a major difference for me was regardless if it was a meditative time or a reflective time, being comfortable in the silence. Silence a lot of times was with mom. There was not much conversation going on. I can ask as many questions as possible just to get her to say more than yes or no answers. But sometimes just being in the moment had to be okay. And so it was the same thing where if I had a moment to myself, driving, for example, rather than blasting 
music and enjoying it in that way, turn the music off and be comfortable in that silence. Because a lot of times when you ask those reflective questions, you may not get an answer right away. You may not have a feeling right away. It may be in that quiet moment later, whether it's a day later, a week later, or longer. It may be something that when you least expect it, a feeling bubbles up. An answer bubbles up. A whisper enters. The answers are there. You just have to be open to asking the questions. And then relax your expectations of when and what kind of answer you might get. Because to be honest, you may not like the answer you get. It may be something that clues you into something you have to work on. And one of the things that helped me the most was asking God to show me, help me see myself as he sees me. Help me see that person that I react to. Help me see them as you see them. So as you're going through all of this, you're going through what I call, and I've experienced as a surrender process. My surrender is still in progress. I expect it to be a lifelong thing because even though I'm more aware of my parts and I have done the work and I understand where they originated from, there are still more parts of me that are starting to surface because the major ones have stepped aside. I have been able to understand them. I have been able to connect with inner parts of me. I have been able to heal my inner child. But that doesn't mean it's all gone and it's all great because caregiving presents demands that you know is different from one day to the next requires one part of us that may not be required in another day or another instance just remain open self-awareness is part of the transformation it's worth going through the process because you're worth it. Because your loved one is worth it. So before I go, I want you to hang on to this last thought. Dear Spirit, search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. You point out anything in me that offends you. Lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's Psalm 139, verses 23 to 24. Thank you for joining me today. I hope this gave you more food for thought. And until next time, 
be proactive. Take care, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode. To learn more about proactive caregiving and to hear other episodes of this podcast, please visit www.jessicalizelcannon.com. This podcast is produced by Cannon Light Media, LLC, www.cannonlightmedia.com. Music provided by Chris Paradise. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.